Welcome to Talking in Stations. I am Madderall, here with Ashtarothy. How are you doing, Ash? Greetings, fellow Empyreans. I am Ashtarothy, and I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Really good. We also have Gregorin here. How are you doing, Gregorin? I'm doing all right. Good evening. All right. Let's go through some headlines, then we'll catch up with Ashtarothy and get to some of the in-depth news reporting. But first, let's uh, do these headlines. Okay, in the war zone... Uh, Pappy killed a new faction Fortizar in period basis. I believe they're, um, that's the third one in as many days. Uh, the big news in the area of Delve is the Moreau faction Fortizar, which if you remember, faction Fortizars were the old NPC stations put in by CCP back when stations were first introduced to the game. That station that was in Knoll, N-O-L, Delve, was picked up and taken away by Goonswarm. So uh, all that history went along with it. The Moreau Faction Fortizar in Knoll has been taken down or decommissioned. There's about four or five more battles happening in the next few hours in Delve, so it is definitely a busy, busy war zone. Uh, okay, also we have... Well, actually, Ash, why don't you introduce these stories up here? What's going on? Sure. Uh, I've got a couple of just little things that have come out today. First of all, uh, CCP announced that they, well, CCP um, retweeted, I guess, rebroadcasted. Mixed Dimensions announced that they are have released another line of their ship models. So for the last couple of years now, CCP has been working with Mixed Dimension to create these really nice 3D models uh, of various different ship lines. There's the Tristan and the Magnate and the Oracle um, and the Mercurial from before. But now there's the four battleships uh, are now available, which would be the, um, uh, the Armageddon, Hyperion, Scorpion, and Typhoon. So one for each of the four races. Uh, one of the things that somebody mentioned was that they would really like it to be uh, uh, put a thing the scorpion rattlesnake. But um, interestingly enough, while there is a drop down menu for like being able to pick out different color schemes, there seems to only be the one color scheme for these. So maybe that's something that they could expand to later. But uh, these things are pretty reasonably priced. Um, I think you have one, don't you? Yeah, but we'll check those out when we go into the news. Right now we're doing the Excellent. headlines. Yeah. So good. Go That's a good the... point. So moving on. Uh, <laughs> then next, uh, tomorrow's downtime is going to be uh, extended. There was a downtime last week that w was going to be extended. It didn't happen. So now it is uh, happening this week uh, for database upgrades. And also we got a confirmation from HoboLeaks this week of some of the details of the upcoming event that is happening in February, the Guardian Gala event. Um, and then finally, um, in kind of relationships to what's going on, there was some questions. And in fact, there's even a question on Reddit today about what quadrant we were in. I tweeted this last week because, um, you know, obviously last year was broken into three, uh, four, sorry, four three-week quadrants. I know how quadrants work. Um, and then the question was, if if this is a new year, what quadrant would be we be in? And last, uh, we got a confirmation from CCP Convict that... Uh, while we will be doing quadrants, this is kind of like the, the middle time because it's January. And so nothing really happened in December because everybody was on Christmas. Um, and so we will be hearing more about what's coming, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks as we now enter into February. All right. Those are your uh, top stories today. And uh, we'll look into those uh, after this. And this is probably when we will take a little bit of a commercial break. Um, in the future <laughs> once we once we get that all sorted out professionalism all right. <laughs> all right thanks for uh, watching talking in stations let's go to uh our, our top stories real quick are the uh, noel fortizar that was uh, taken out by goon swarm for those that don't know nol is a really key system uh, I think it would probably help if I brought up visuals for this. So let me actually bring up. I should have done this through the. Uh, what are we doing so while you're doing that, I have a I have a question because you're referring to the the historical nature of these of these structures, and 
so each one of these structures were manufactured by players at different times in the, when the deployment of outposts were available. And then they were transferred into Faction Fortazars in one day during uh, this big rush a couple of years ago. Um, but some of them were more storied than others. And also, if they were left in place, they had these powerful rig bonuses. So while a lot of these Faction Fortazars got ripped up and therefore lost those rig bonuses, the Faction Fortazars that remained in place remained significantly stronger and more useful to their members. So the question I have is that which one of those types of Fortazars was this? Was this uh, one of the ones that had been anchored later? Was it one of the original ones or was it yeah. one of the historical ones? It was one of the historical ones, which are the original ones. Right. Uh, so that still had all of its rigs. It was super powerful. It was better than any of the faction Fortazars that you can get now because you can't get those rigs any other way anymore. Correct. Well, the uh, each of the NPC stations, whether they were an outpost or an NPC oh, station, had rigs. These are the NPC stations. Okay, so these are the originally conquerable but not player-built ones. Yeah, so these are the they were the historical ones that were different. So there's the ones that were built, but then there's this small collection that were the ones that were originally put in there in like the very, very early days that were yeah. put in by CCP for players to fight over. And so this is one of those. Wow, yes. that is... That is truly historical. I think there was an originally like 72, I want to 68. say. 68. 68, thank you. Now there are only 60 since eight of them have been blown up. They're Moreau Fortizars. That's what they're called yeah, and, now. And on right. yesterday's show, Sully said he owns two of them. That's right. Well, I think it turned out he owned one. He misplaced another one. <laughs> but these things... Imagine again, being it, rich it, enough that you can lose one of those. Well, if they get like, torn up, then they then they lose their rigs. They're super valuable yeah. if they're in position. Yeah, yeah. There's supposed to be a plaque that goes with these to kind of mm -hmm. mark the historic nature of it. I'm not sure those plaques ever got made, you know, like a little bit of a in-game memorial to these things. Now, what these represent, these 68 stations, were the very, very beginning of um, EVE Online uh, maybe a few months later, uh, they put these stations in, CCP did. So these are the NPC ones that were put in by the company. And you could go there and live in those stations and conquer it and own it. And if somebody came and conquered that station away from you, the station survived. It just changed ownership. So that's how SOB worked for a long time. Now we blow up stations and there really is no trading stations anymore. Uh, but a long time ago, that's how it worked. Vili points out that now there are less than 10 of those original ones with their rigs left, and that there is actually like a signature anomaly that's about 2,000 kilometers off of each of those, for where, where those Fortazars is slash were. Oh, okay. So there is some kind of a marker to show that it existed. Well, Knoll specifically is one of those really popular ones because among all those NPC stations that were put down a long time ago, uh, there, was, there were a few that were key, key systems because they were the keys to conquerable, uh, or I guess they were key, key stations to conquerable areas that were popular. And Delve was popular when it first came out. So NOL represents, I believe, uh, the home of... Band of Brothers, which were one of the early groups to dominate EVE Online's NullSec, or at least the imagination of EVE Online's NullSec. Right. And uh, they lived here for Delve 1 and Delve 2 campaigns. So this was really their historic home for a long time. When you think of old Delve, NOL was the system. That was like the key system. It and this station was the key to that system. In a world in which posses were just totally unmanned, like unmanageable for large-scale operations uh citadels and other uh upwell structures did not exist uh and outposts were a huge investment uh to put in just to potentially be taken by your opponent these key beachheads function or like these uh staging areas function as critical locations to be taken and to use as launching points for massive campaigns so uh mm -hmm. the ghost of of a trillion dead. <laughs> yeah, and also this is how you controlled space. Even before the initial SOV came in, I think that uh, you really didn't control space. You just kind of lived in one of these stations and dominated the area. And this is really what I think 
the CEO of CCP Hilmar would like to get back to. He says there is a natural order to the universe. If you can dominate, you dominate. There's not all these weird mechanics to protect the the smaller and weaker or whatever else. And uh and I think the game is trying to claw its way back to this era of gate camps. If you you know if you could lock up a gate and nobody could get through, then nobody could get through. Um, right. that kind of stuff. He says that's in that's um there are some things that are incongruous with the way Eve is right now, likes asset safety or uh, even some aspects right. of Sov. Well, yeah, in, in a lot of ways, so so the idea is that these are immersion-breaking concepts. And when I say immersion-breaking, I don't mean it necessarily from a lore point of view, but I just mean that the universe is consistent with itself, right? Like uh, asset safety is one of those things that truly exists only as an in-game concept, as a gamey concept, it exists only because of game-driven uh, demands. There's no realistic excuse for it or explanation for it that really works or makes sense. It doesn't, like, uh, Intosis is another really good example uh, that he brought up, where it's like these things, they don't fit. They don't, they're not, um, oh, what is the word? Diegetic. They're not diegetic in the world. They don't they don't have a place and therefore they have a tendency to not strain not just strain on the lore but also strain on the game mechanics itself since the game mechanics are designed to kind of not only uh replicate but simulate uh real conditions yeah and he made this i think during the fireside chat in december i think they were having yep. a discussion there that's when that came up but uh, nol again is a historic system and um it is no longer the uh, station is no longer there so that is so what does this mean now what does this mean for what's happening now does this is this a huge loss is this a is this represent a critical move for right. either side is this just the the continuing well, dominoes falling what what does this represent it's hard to say what this represents because a lot of its context is no longer important but basically you have these very um historic systems and you want to preserve the fortazar in place as long as you can so this is a sign that that is no longer a tolerable thing because they are being invaded so instead of just losing it they'll pick it up and take it with them and that will destroy right. the rig inside which is part of the main value of having these things it's what makes them extra special or extra powerful so they will take a sacrifice, but at least they keep it. And they ha they don't leave it out to be destroyed by Pappy, who seems to be just ravaging the area right now. Uh, so it, it tells you something about the nature of the war right now. It feels like there's a ton of body blows being delivered to the Imperium. I haven't seen much counterattacking. I've seen attempts to, you know, gloves up, defend yourself, but there's not a lot of counterattacking going on uh, inside actual Delve or Aquarius, or period basis, or even if, I don't know what's going on in Fountain. I think it's rather quiet up there. That's what it tells me there. I don't know if that answers the kind of question you were trying to help me with. Yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. I wonder if it's uh, because like the rhetoric that I see, especially on Reddit when it comes to these kinds of things, is that goons almost feels like they're doing well, particularly right now, um, with how the titan traps and all those kinds of things ended up going for them they were so like two weeks ago i think the last week has totally changed um but yes mm, two weeks okay well ago. i mean i i i know this by paying attention to reddit mostly so i mean <laughs> i don't know anything about anything when it comes to this right this second so but my point is is that um it feels to me like they this seems to be like they're attempting to remove potential collateral damage off the table right like when when you know that you're not going to beat your opponent's fleet, rather than going for strategically sound decisions like their Logi or their Ewar, you may end up deciding to make, go after one of their blingy ships just so that, that way you can bleed them for as much money as possible. So by removing that off the table uh, from a strategic or like a grander point of view, yeah. Like they may see that as like like we don't want to be dragged from place to place to place to place. Normally, you might be right, uh, but we are way past that counting um, because the 
the amount of money involved just supersedes any structure. There's nothing that's sacred right now. Like everything is, everything is being right. Blown but up having this up is like leaving your ass out. It's just another valid target for them to hit. Normally, so they're just removing a valid target. Normally, you don't want to have targets that are valuable to be hit for prestige reasons. But we're way past mm -hmm. that in this war because the numbers that of things that are being destroyed are so great that another even faction forces are worth 70 billion, let's say, just doesn't mean that much because keep stars are going down. Titans are getting destroyed by the hundreds. Like we're just way past uh, anything valuable. Even an AT ship destroyed or a faction Titan destroyed is like just barely above the news these days in this area specifically. I guess watch the hypernet then. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yes, things get sold. All right, Vili points out something that's really good, and I'm glad he's here to do it. NOL was one of those key systems, so was FAT. Um, CTAC-JP. FAT-JP. CTAC-J. I think there's a memorial in CTAC-J to a big battle that happened there. IMK and VFK yep. up in the north. Those are all like major, major systems. Uh, sorry, stations. Or systems, actually. Those are system names that have stations in them that are really old and storied uh, stations. Fat GP, that it, didn't it get destroyed? I think that one got destroyed. That was very unceremonious. It got picked up. Uh, no, head GP is what I'm thinking of. That's the one that got it destroyed. But that wasn't one of those original. I'm ones. not sure about that one, but see. Yeah, never mind. But it did. J is the place. Uh, I actually have the wrong, I'm in the wrong. Uh, Triglavian ship right now to show it off, but uh, CTAC J is the system that has is on the meat grinder, red meat grinder skins that commemorates the siege of CTAC J where the, the Stalingrad Russians, of New Eden. Yep, the Russians defended against the Southern Coalition, which is um, there's a really good video called the Siege of CTAC J on YouTube that you can check out. Yeah. All right. So that's the big news. Uh, I I don't. Um... Expect everyone to get it, but uh, basically, it's like a piece of Eve history is uh, is kind of uh, been been smuggled out of its cradle, basically, and uh, and there it goes. So uh, another function of the the massive amount of destruction that's going on in Delve on both sides, but particularly structures that were there that were native to being there. There's a lot of history with structures. We'll do that a different day. Uh, we have a lot to cover today. All right, uh, Ash, you had some stuff that you wanted to talk about today. Let's go. Back. Oh yeah, uh, I was just uh, I was going to catch you guys up a little bit on what we've been doing as the convocation. Um, so the last couple of weeks um, has been been trying to get structure back going. So we've been starting doing invasions. So or sorry, incursions. So we've successfully done incursions now for uh, one or two days. Uh, made some good money and starting out with the lower end stuff, but getting used to it. Because we've had a lot of people chomping on the bit for structured content, especially after um, trig stuff uh, has become harder to do and more divisive. Um, cool. And Explain then, but at the same bit. time, why, why is it harder to do and why is it more divisive? Well, it's harder to do now that chapter three is over, and therefore oh, the sites aren't spawning as reliably as if they were. And it's more divisive because now to be on one side, you can't be on the other side. So our alliance is kind of divided between those who have sided with Edencom and those who have sided with uh, the Triglavians. And so getting people, you know, like back in, in Invasions was in chapter one and two, it was like the thing that everybody could do, right? It was the co cooperative thing that we all do. But now, like, whichever side I choose to fly fleets for, I'm explicitly not flying fleets for the other side or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, which complicates things. But um, one of the things I have actually been doing is that there ends up being emerging this new side where you can opt to not shoot at Triglavians or Edencom and only shoot at Road Drones and Drifters. Um, so we've got some people that have been starting to do that. And um, actually this weekend, I went flying with Dutch Gunner from Airtaka Research Consortium, who are the scientists that figured out um, the blue sun thing before... Uh, invasions chapter and three even happened that figured out what the Triglavians were coming after. So they're super smart dudes. Well, one of their main FCs from chapter two and three, um, he uh, does a lot of drifter science, which is one of the things that they did in the, in the past. And the drifter fleets are the best standings gaining in Poshvin. Uh, they're worth, uh, actually, I can look them up. 
but a single drifter can be worth more than any single thing in uh, for standings uh, in the game. And you only have to get one every 15 minutes to maximize your standings gains because of the way that standings works. So if you go into Poshvin and fight drifters, you can get standings, positive standings, with both Triglavians and Edencom at the same time really, really easily. So you can see... Uh, you can see Is here... Is Drifters are pretty Absolutely. tough. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, they are pretty tough if you know how to fight them. And that's the, uh, but if you know how to fight them, then, then you can do it. And that's the whole point is that he's been sciencing the process of not only fighting drifters and sleepers as a fleet in Poshvin, but also how to deal with the doomsday. So um, we were, I was part of a science fleet where we dealt with, uh, we were dealing with doomsday dodging. And uh, <laughs> I had to leave early because I had other work to do. Um, but they have successfully, they've created a, pr a process that can successfully dodge the Drifter Doomsdays nearly every single time. Um, and not all of the Drifters have Doomsdays, actually. You can tell there's drift, there's Raider Drifter battleships, and then there's Strike Drifter battleships, or Drifter Strike battleships. And only the Drifter Strike battleships have the Doomsdays. So you can go in there, you can kill the Road Drones, you can kill the other stuff, um, as long as you, the Palomarcos and the Drifter Strike battleship, uh, as long as you do not pop their overshields or let somebody else pop it, then there will there won't be a doomsday at all. Um, and if you handle it the way that they've been developing, you can actually do it either way. And so you can see here, I actually have positive Edencom standings. I have a positive 0.49, a positive 64 or 0464, and positive 02. And then at the same time, I have on the Triglavian side positive 031 positive 041 and positive 013. So I'm gaining positive standings with both the Triglavians and the Drifters. And since you start out at basically zero with both, if you haven't tanked your standings like I have, then all you have to do is do this once. And you are no longer have to worry about e uh, any of the Edencom or Triglavian or blah, 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 blah. You can go all throughout high sec without anything, uh, any of the rats uh, messing with you. You don't have to worry about the Rasnaborg or anything like that. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal for haulers uh, who get caught. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I also discovered that inside of Poshvin, uh, there are actually sites, uh, much like like the Tier 0 and Tier 1 sites, uh, so minor conduits and stuff like that from before. Um, but there are Rogue Drone and Sleepter slash Drifter sites, as well as the Triglavian and uh, Edencom sites. So there's a lot in there that we haven't quite figured out yet, but it's going to take people that are willing to take, you know, squads of guys in there to do this stuff and then bring out that information, which we do have some people doing it, but um, a lot of the people that are doing that stuff aren't sharing that information. So a lot of people <laughs> think that Poshman's a lot more dead than it is. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Busy, there's man. clearly something to do there. People are repeatedly feeding uh, golem fleets yeah but... yeah we we saw that golem fleet um basically they they run the world arcs the world arc proving conduits which is where you get the zoria faction uh officer modules and and uh guns yeah is, um, that, is that as lucrative as they say i, I hear that it is i don't know yeah oh yeah yeah the world absolutely arcs. well so again if you get one of those guns one of those guns can be five to ten billion isk each they're op they're they're proper officer modules. Yeah. Well, all right, cool. So that's what you guys are up to in uh, in your corporation, your your group. Yeah. Well, uh, that's that's kind of just some of the news of what I've got right now. I'm just uh, hanging out. You can see uh, Kaldari Prime down below because I've been doing a lot of. Uh, I was actually just today doing some footage, videotaping some footage of Kaldari Prime uh, because I'm doing a video. Uh, series on the lore, as uh, uh, starting out with the Dark Age history of the empires of Eve Online, and as it turns out, there's not a lot of footage of like pre-space era uh, of these of these histories. So while there is a lot of lore there, there's a lot of story there. There's not a lot of images, so I'm having to get a lot of. I'm starting to get some B-roll footage. <laughs> Takes a while. Well, you build up a collection uh, though, and then after a while, yeah, that's the, that's the strat. That's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's talk about uh, extended downtime because it seemed to disappear this week. It was or was it last week? I think it might have been. Yeah. Last so week. last week they were going to do th this. Should be pretty simple. Um, they're doing some database fixes or something. This is something that happens fairly frequently. It's just last week they were going to do an extended downtime, 
Um, and then because at the last second, they weren't able to deploy it, so they deployed it this this week. Um, in practice, what this means is, is that this could have been a reason why we got very little news this week. Maybe something, maybe everything's on fire at CCP as they're trying to figure out, you know, they're basically a week behind. But chances are it was just, you know, they have these deployment rhythms. To, they have a regular deployment cycle on Tuesday. If things aren't ready to go, pull the trigger. It's sometimes better to just revert it and wait till the next window. The next window is this Tuesday. So whatever we're going to have last week is going to be put in this week. Um, but from what we see in HoboLeaks, um, like I don't see anything like super pressing that's like that that usually you see a patch over from Hopelix. So you could be a big surprise tomorrow, but mm -hmm. chances are we'll just see um at most we'll just see the stuff that from Hopelix patched over. Yeah, it's funny because I thought that some graphics had improved. Or from Fissy, I should say. Yeah. I thought some graphics had improved, or maybe I just hadn't noticed, but uh I looked at the map and the map looked a little different to me, and so did the uh, warp tunnel recently. It just looked like on it, Sissy or in no on Tranquility. Well, they have been doing a lot of little things. Depending on what you've noticed or how fast you've noticed it, they've changed the fonts. They've changed uh, some of the shaders that they've used. Yeah. Um, and uh, they are working on the jump tunnel specifically on Singularity. I don't know whether or not that's going to come onto Tranquility this this patch or not. I thought they might have uh, released some stuff early. You know how they sometimes when they have a really big change, they'll release it in a little at a time. Uh, yeah, not really talk about it until it's in. But they have uh, well, that's the thing though. They've done a lot of graphics changes, uh, pretty in incredible graphics changes in the last several months, uh, to the point where there's been several times where I've been like, "Did they do this?" And like, I'll find out that I did it a month ago or you know whatever. Um, another thing is is that I know that they changed some of the in-game shaders, and it didn't change for me on Tranquility until I changed my brightness. So like, I actually yeah. had was using old lighting shaders. In on tranquility for like a month after that they deployed it. Um, Very so, interesting. I wonder. I wonder if I changed my graphic settings because I have been doing that lately to uh, to be able to cover these battles that really lag up the system. So I've gone to like potato mode back to you know hardly any graphics to full quality graphics a few times and and I did notice like uh, it, it almost feels more illustrated like there's more penciling in of borders. So it doesn't feel, uh, it feels a lot more like things have more distinction from one another, especially on the map. I can see the little connecting points on the map uh, very clearly now, whereas before I couldn't. So it just, I just kind of saw red dots wherever some information was and then everything else just kind of disappeared. But now it looks, looks a lot better. So hopefully the, uh, all this work is, uh, um, you know, just something that uh, is, is coming yeah, but this anyway, is all so, things that they've like this is this is a big effort of theirs is to work on the the foundational things, making sure that the game feels and looks right and good. I do want to address one of the questions somebody's bringing up the fact that there is the trig, trig aggression bug and while that does technically still exist, so theoretically speaking that isn't a guaranteed survival. I actually know somebody that just this week had the trig aggress him when they weren't supposed to because of standings and he had his uh ship reimbursed. So, if it does happen, you can petition it. That wasn't um that wasn't hateless, was it? I think he lost a he lost a freighter. But anyway, it... No, 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 no. That's a separate issue. That was a different that was a different thing. What I'm talking about is um Okay, cuz he lost it to a bug of some sort at a gate and I don't know if that was Right. A... Yeah, okay. That was a different thing. That was that was um I can't remember the exact details. A little of bit that, of a story but, um... there. We won't go into it. Uh, it might be controversial, so we'll we'll wait for him to talk about it if he wants to, but something interesting happened to yeah, I honestly haven't gotten a chance to look at like all of the details of the situation to be able to comment on it. But what I am commenting on was is that um, there's somebody who had lost something as simple as like a vigil or something like that. The the trigs aggressed when they absolutely shouldn't have, and so he just he but he did get it reimbursed. Uh, maybe it was a hauler, but it wasn't yeah. a freighter. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, speaking of stuff that's coming, hobo leaks. Uh, what have you been seeing on hobo leaks? Now let's explain what that is first, so that people know. Yeah, so uh yeah, when I say Hobo Leaks, what I really mean is singularity. when I say singularity really mean what I mean is the test server. Um so or sissy as some people and call it. And why do we care about it being a test server as opposed to the actual server that we play on? So basically things that come to our live server, Tranquility, generally speaking, go onto sissy first. And so we'll see it ahead of time and then it'll be patched over. So while 
you know, there's tons of caveats. There's a lot we don't normally like to discuss Hopa Leaks as news. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because um, what we're discussing is something that is a known thing that Hopa Leaks just confirms something and it was part of a confirmation of. So what's happening is, is that we now know that the next event that's happening is going to be the Valentine's Day event, which is going to be the Guardians Gala, and it will be focused on wormhole sites, uh, wormhole space, just like last year. So there will be a 2AU warp speed bonus for, I assume, everywhere, but it could just be in wormhole space. Um, I, actually, no, it's probably going to be in wormhole, only wormhole space. So 2AU uh, warp speed bonus and 90% drop rate uh, for PvP loot in wormhole space during the course of Guardians Gala. And then there will be new combat and hacking sites available um, in, there will be one type of site in all known space, high sec, mid, low sec, and null sec. And then there will be a secondary site that spawns only in null sec called the VIP site, which will have better loot um, and, and tougher challenges. And uh, so there also appears to be the possibility of like uh, a track reward system with multiple skins because there's a lot of, there's several new spirit skins and other skins that are associated with that season that are. Uh, bind on pickup have like strings attached to them that may imply that they are bind on pickup so which kind of, of imply that they're track of skins sorry to interrupt you is what we saw in the winter uh, right 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 as you do these things because yeah there's the language of the tasks and and such and so uh, it, it appears as if we'll be some, kind of the same thing where you'll do the tasks you'll have the list of tasks you as you do them you collect points as you collect points you go down a track as you go down the track you unlock various spirit skins so it's visible to you before you start. You can see the range of things you can win as long as you keep doing what they're asking you to do. That's right. the track that you're talking about. Okay, go ahead. I, I assume as such, yeah. They have done like secret prizes for later things, but that's lame and I hope not. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it, pretty simple. Uh, like I said, we had this last year. It was pretty successful. Uh, I look forward to it. The favorite thing about this last year was that um, we actually, in our group, because we kind of got used to just doing this all the time. And so people knew that we were around. And so impromptu, we kind of became this like wreckage, uh, like salvage service where people who lost their ships, especially in wormhole space when they're running these sites, because the, the harder sites uh, are in fact harder. And so they would come to us and be like, hey man, uh, I have a wreck in a wormhole. And so we'd like band the team together that can run these sites and we would go over and jump through the wormhole because they're mostly have some sort of high sec or low sec connection. So you just go in, jump through. They've already scanned it out. Uh, and uh, you run the site for them. They've usually made it to the end. So you run the site in like two minutes, get the prize, whatever it is off the MC, which can be like two to 300 million is worth of loot. And then they pay you like 50, 50 million esque because you've saved their Tengu wreck. It's awesome because there's 90% drop rate. So they've lost all, right. the, all the, they see all of, they know, they know their blingy stuff is right there. So they'll come <laughs> to, uh, you know, someone, they'll get somebody and, else to go help them. And they know you're going to recover most of it. 90%. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they can see in the kill mail that all of their stuff dropped. Oh, I see. Because, you know, you see on your kill mail what drops. Uh, all them, that, all them X types greened out, and you're like, I know, mm, I, gotta... I know, I know, you're wearing your Guardians Gala jacket today, right? It's Valentine's Day. Uh... This, this jacket is tight, man. No, this is a, uh, this is actually, um, uh, what's his name? Game Theory, the YouTube channel. He he sold his jacket as a limited time thing, and uh, I picked oh. it up, or I, well, Emma picked it up for me for Christmas. Well, nice. See, Valentine's Day. But there, there is something about this Guardians Gala. I don't know why. It could be my birthday's right around this time, but I don't think that's it. I'm very nostalgic for the Guardian Gala because it does feel like almost like a a Valentine's Day party. And I Well, I it is. I mean, it is based on Valentine's Day and it's based on the the relationship, the union between the Serpentis Corporation and the and the Angel Cartel. So, they've they have a long-standing agreement other and their their two groups are almost intertwined with another uh, with each other through what's known as the uh guardian angels hence the name of the guardian gala did got it the abyss pvp film that have a effect that uh relates to serpentis hull bonuses yeah um i think that there's a couple of um 
uh, just like the last couple of events, there's going to be probably abyssal PvP events that are keyed into this. And I believe you're right; it's a web web strength yeah. bonus. Is yeah, part kind of, the of like how PvP the Halloween event. one had a mm -hmm. web range bonus, like Blood Raider ships. Exactly. Yeah. So this is kind of the this goes back to what I've been saying the last few times, uh, which is that you can see that they've started to lock in this idea of like the calendar year where there's all these different events throughout the year each event has a different or kind of showcases a different pirate a host pirate faction usually usually a pirate um the empire events are usually much more lame like throwing snowballs or fireworks at each other um but you know the pirate events like crimson harvest guardians gala the hunt um uh i don't remember where sancha shows up Either way, whatever. Sancho is um, Christmas. Oh yeah, Sancho Claus does show up for Christmas with or for some reason because they just <laughs> have to shoehorn him in. <laughs> oh, that's right. uh, yeah, the Garistus Bunny and Sancho Claus. I mean, well, I, I, I the Garister Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> I really think the uh, for me it, it, the nostalgia comes from uh, I think it might have been listening to Chocolate Rain describe the Soul Forge skins. I think we're for breast cancer. I think they were Soul Forge or something. That there were pink pink skins or something. I forget what they're called. Um, There's the Heart Surge skins. That's it. Heart Surge. Yeah. Here, let yeah. me show you these. These are great. I love these skins. These things are these so... Are, and they're very expensive, by the way. Yeah. So these were for sale last year on the uh, store. And so chances are they will just be available for sale on for, for Plex again. Um, the thing I love about this is that they also have a wonderful lore uh, storyline behind them, actually. But they are this awesome pink, uh, super metallic reflective with white. I use it on my on my Vagabond that I use for these events, actually. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think this one, I think I actually looked at that and that's the first time I said, wow, that is something that I may actually want. Like that skin is so cool. It's for a good cause. I think it was uh, charity to, or the money goes to breast cancer oh, research. If you're talking about the breast cancer one, that one was uh, the uh, the that was the blossom. The blossom one. That one is that one. Yes, expensive too? that one's even more expensive because that was sold one time only, and that's it. Like uh -oh. I don't have it. Yeah, these that looked like. Yes, this was sold for like uh -huh. one week in like 2016 or something like that for breast cancer awareness and then never again. And this is probably one of the most like overinflated price skins because they're in high demand. So people continually want to get them. Um, and they've never been reintroduced since they were first put in. Right. Blossom. That was it. So that was about two years ago, wasn't it? Or was it three? Or was it Rosada Dawn? 2016. Somebody... Oh my God, time is flying. It was a long time ago. So it was no, Rosetta Dawn was a different one. No, Rosetta Dawn was Eros was Blossom. Dawn... That's it, Eros Blossom. No, Blossom was the one I was thinking of. Okay. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's what it looked like, but I remember. Man, somebody's gonna have to correct me if 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 it's Rosetta Dawn is the breast cancer one or not. I think it was Eros Blossom is the it was the breast cancer one. I'm reasonably sure. Yeah. Rosetta Dawn came later. Yeah, I think I think I, 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 think I ended up donating to that. Um, but uh, but anyway, there was there's something just um, that keeps every time I hear about the Guardians Gala, I keep thinking about uh, these uh, Blossom skins and the Eros Blossom skins. It was also the first time that CCP put pink on a ship. And remember, that was a big no-no for a long time. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. the the actual art director for Eve for a long time um, basically said, look, we have a certain color palette. It's dystopian. You will never see a pink ship in Eve Online. And that was it for a long, long time. But uh, his name was Torfi Franz. But uh, he went to work for Minecraft uh, later on. And uh, sure enough, a little bit later came out these uh, pink skins. So it became a big deal. Now, I never wanted to see pink skins either, but I did see these and I thought, well, these are kind of lovely, you know, and the fact that they're, you know, they remind me of like cherry blossom trees. Uh, I think that's a very Japanese thing, if I'm not mistaken. But Eros Blossom. I thought well, was speaking of that, 
so two things about that. First of all, um, these what I'm showing off right now is the uh, Aramanthine mantle skins, and these are actually the skins that you do get from doing the uh, the event. So these are actually because that's the Guardian Angels logo right there. That's why it's different than the normal Angels logo. Um, but this is to this is the skin that originally was associated with the Guardian's Gala. So chances are these are monthly medals and perhaps some new ones will be introduced for that. Um, but in addition to that, it's funny that you're mentioning the the blossoms because did you we just finished the uh, the other festival the the japanese release and they came out with those uh oh, yeah. zakodo uh-huh hold on let me look it up those are kind of colorful yeah <laughs> that's a pretty and i think when the when yeah. the sun hits them they turn like uh cyan i think the blue turns to cyan if the sun hits at the right angle see yeah um, these things have it all they have particle effects they have they have pink flowers they have shininess they're pretty good try to get you and, to be pixelated and uh the key about these things again so if you do like these things now's a good time to get them because they just got introduced and they were to celebrate the release of the japanese client so chances are these aren't going to be you know uh you know, they're not going to increase in they're not going to re-release them so they're only mm -hmm. going to increase in rarity over time Oh, they have a little holographic uh, work on them too at the top there, it looks like. Yep, they have a little particle effect thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, when they came out with some really cool faces, face paints, um, I think it was part of the Japanese launch too. They yep. look like a kabuki theater almost. Yep, they've been, uh, they've been doing a lot of stuff. Actually, they introduced those into uh, the game almost a year ago, probably a year ago. Um, maybe maybe before that. I know, I remember for sure seeing them around the time as a GTA 4.4 reopening mm, kind of okay. buzz. Yeah. Um, so they had been kind of kicking around for a little while, but releasing them for the Japanese release was a really good idea, I'd say. Yeah. Anyway, some good stuff. But again, every time you mention Guardians Gala, uh, Ash, it just takes me right back to those Blossom skins, and I don't know why they have such a, uh, an appeal but they do. And I've always wanted to get involved in Guardian Gala, and I don't even know what it is. Like, I don't even know how easy or hard <laughs> it is to get involved. Well, uh, I expect it to be uh, the same, roughly the same as we've seen before, which is going to be like soloable with a decent uh, tier one battlecruiser slash battleship. Um, but really strongly prefer like a group of maybe three battle cruisers or cru even like maybe cruisers uh up to five or so people uh because by having more people uh you actually you not only cut through things faster but the enemy will spread aggro which ends up making tanking it easier um as assuming that you don't have like a dedicated logi setup which you shouldn't so you know like i uh, i did it in a vagabond but like if as long as you what we like to do is we get two or three dudes that are all in ships that could probably solo them okay themselves but you know when you get two or three of them then you just definitely smash through these things and then we just roam around high sec or low sec or wherever we're going and run the sites and then when we find a wormhole we just pop in there and see if there's any vip sites in there and run them make tons of money yeah sorry about my connection for some reason you're pixelated pretty hard sometimes but uh, that's a all right, thanks. So uh, that is what we saw on uh, Hobo Leaks or the server. Uh, That's what's coming up from Sissy, yeah. Yeah. What else you got? Is this um, CCP Convict comment about quadrants, right? People want to know, where are we? Because yeah. it's already January. January's over. Now we're in February, and where are the announcements on what the quadrant is? So um, basically... December uh, is a non-development month. <laughs> you know, it's a non-anything month, right? Uh, even without all of the concerns that we've been having in the real world. Because of vacations. Uh, you know, there's holidays. Yeah, because of vacations, because just everybody's winding down for the year, you know, whatever. So as a result, uh, there's not that much that comes out on January most of the time. If you remember last year when the quadrants were first announced, the first quadrant was basically just 
the or the first month of the first quadrant was more or less just the announcement of quadrants itself plus its video um and then also the we had the uh dragonar blitz which was happening because at the time ccp was explicitly iterating very aggressively on the drone ai because they're trying to wrap up all the stuff for invasions right so they had this thing ready to go this event was built by the events team and was ready to go and kind of filled in that month but content wise january was pretty lax this year obviously uh, they didn't even have like the video to set up yet, so um, it it is what it is. I I'm not I'm not happy about it, but at least uh, CSP Convict clarified the fact that um, they haven't announced the new theme yet. They are planning on staying in quadrants. I don't know if that means that they're going to have a two month quadrant and then three month quadrants, but I think that they might just leave this with like January out of phase and then just kind of go for three month bands after that i super hope that they really go back like they just call january a wash and go with two months so that way it stays in actual quadrants it'd be weird if you like over the years our quadrants march slowly through the year as like each <laughs> set of four quadrants is actually then, a year in one month have a, a leap a leap quadrant <laughs> that wouldn't work because january still becomes the quiet month so i don't know i hope that ccp uh, like clarifies or like comes out with the thing and has the first quadrant be only the only two months as it were. Um, but we'll see how they navigate this one. Yeah. All right. Well, there's a lot to look forward to. I've uh, been hearing that uh, some big stuff coming and probably coming sooner than we think. Uh, I don't know at all what that's in relationship to, but uh, definitely there's going to be some interesting stuff happening this year and probably in the first six months of this year. Yeah, um, the we are getting the new Fleet Finder tool, um, which is more or less a reskin of the old Fleet Finder tool. And it's an additional. We are also going to be getting the new. We should mm -hmm. just say that it's an additional skin. So uh, everything that was there before is still there for Fleet Commanders that were used to working a certain way. In fact, even if you save your templates, you can pick those. Everything stays the same. But this is just uh, a, a an additional place to find a group to fly with if you use the agency, which is a much more visible place. It's a really solid point. Let's hope that they stick with that. Um, but also, uh, there is now the new tutorials uh, videos. Right now, we only have the exploration tutorial videos, but we'll see if they are, will, are going to be like expanding on that. And those are also front and center in the agency. So, um, yeah. Uh, so Rizo makes a point here. You can make public fleets with the new fleet finder. Yep. Is... Well, but so, yeah. Well, they're easier to find, that's for sure, because now there's a filter so you can find those uh, public fleets. You can um, also specify that your fleet is newbie friendly in a way that I don't think you could in the old system. Yeah. Um, the, the public fleet is actually just fleet by standings, but the... It'll be interesting to see if fleet by standings using the old system functions as a public fleet. Like if I say fleet by standings need to be at least neutral, if that would work as a public fleet created by the uh, public fleet system. Uh, I haven't experimented with that piece of it yet. Yeah, well, you need a fleet uh, to experiment with on this test server in order to figure that stuff out. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, you can log on a couple of characters and play around and see what happens. Yeah. Right. So uh, so that's what we know is coming, but there's stuff that's probably bigger and it's going to be have wide-ranging effects, uh, not just uh, UI changes. There's also the quality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've been super. Too. They've been super coy about that stuff, though. Like, it's not on Sissy. They're they're not like. It's obvious that they are working on stuff, and this is one of the things that they do is like that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff doesn't go on Sissy because unless there is something that needs to be tested about it or you know whatever then uh, they would rather it, you know, like that comes out through PR, right? That that doesn't happen just because Sissy got patched today. Uh, that happens because they're ready to put out the blog or the do the announcement or do the whatever. So uh, I, I, I hope that that means that within the next week or two, we will get a new, um, uh, or day or two, we'll get a new uh, uh, trailer or at least a new quadrant and some some guidance but i hope that the uh, the fleet command the fleet finder tool is going to be kind of a clue that we're going to see more uh 
focus on small gang and and the starting of fleets. So, uh, you know, focus on things like faction warfare or other things where like uh, event sites and stuff like that, or even the like exploration sites like DD uh, combat sites in LOSAC and stuff like that. Like folk, like maybe doing an extra polish on those to make it so that there's something for these fleets to go do um, would be something to focus on for a quadrant. Oh, but do you think they will coordinate that with the gala? So you do well, I mean, in a way that is, I mean, that is the gala is something to do, use the fleet finder for, right? Yeah. Like that would, the gala is an example of that. It would, it could potentially fall into. Um, right. And I think that uh, these, these event sites are really critical. Um, I've talked to a lot of people that are used to like the old emerging conduits or other systems that don't like the idea that like events are constantly changing, but all of them are roughly the same power level, you know, T2 cruiser, T1 battle cruiser level difficulty, small team preferred. Um, and, and just little bits about the damage, like the difficulty uh, or like the, the tank or the damage that you do is, or what you E war you resist for is what you change up per event site and obviously you change where you go to and et cetera, et cetera. But the key here is, is that one of the biggest problems with emerging conduits was that it ended up becoming what too well known and too well perfected and, and eventually botted. So these event sites give you just enough time to tackle, chew on, profit from, maximize, exploit, and triumph over these sites. And then they're gone again. And then you got to work on the next one. And as we have this year on th theme, we'll actually have like, hopefully we'll get, we'll actually b develop somewhat of an answer. So it's like, uh, I imagine given the fact that they actually don't have, I don't see any, there's only, the only new uh, rats I see authored are the new MCs. Um, so what that means is that these sites will probably be roughly the same difficulty as before. So chances are you'll be able to go back to any of the strategies from the Guardians Gala from last year, and those will apply to this year, which hopefully will help uh, our onboarding process as a community, and we can get mm -hmm. people to start diving into these uh, event sites. Yeah, you don't, uh, I mean, you want to preserve some knowledge so people can transfer it because that's very rewarding for advanced players to be able to teach new players how to do a thing. You know, it gives them a chance to step up and be a leader. So I yeah, and more, and do it. There's, there's a lot of people that just aren't going to do it until someone's able to explain to them how they're going to do it successfully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. I think one of the major problems, and I hope they're surfacing this material better than they were in the past, but uh, going out and exploring for it, uh, second nature to a lot of players, but also kind of a wall for some players that weren't that good at scanning things down or probing or whatever. Uh, so I, I think the winter, um, the winter sol—it wasn't solstice, the winter nexus. Um, mm. You know, with with a direct entry. Um, mechanic was was probably pretty successful i think they should repeat that maybe they will oh yeah the filaments were great like yeah maybe i hope they easy, find but... I, I i hope they find other ways to make other events easy to get to well so filaments were first of all filaments are the yule events like thing like that's when you events uh, that's when filaments were first introduced into the game so to have that be a major focus of that event is pretty uh thematically so resonant they were, they were born in that okay right exactly so yeah. but in this case uh the event sites are everywhere so rather than having to go to the storms they'll go they'll be in all uh, they could be potentially in any system and also uh you know any system can have a wormhole connection so you could always be one jump away from wormhole space with a VIP site. Mm -hmm. So the one, the way that we dealt with this last year is we just roam around with us with the team, and we run the high sec sites. And as we're doing that, we're also probing things down. I imagine since there's hacking opportunities, the hacker will be doing that. And if they find any wormholes, then they go into the wormholes, scan those down, or you know, and find it if there's any sites, and then you go in there and run those too. Yeah, all good fun. Okay. Um, we got to wrap up soon. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover? Uh, the uh, mixed dimension stuff. Well, I, I start nope, the first, and then we'll talk. About oh that. yeah, no, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, so it's time for you to show off your statue since that's you didn't right. want to do it earlier. Okay, yeah. So uh, we forgot to talk about that, but what what these are are three D printed models, I think. And here is their stand. I'll just put this close. And here is like. You can see 
It's about five inches, I think. So that's the five inches one, which is one of the most more expensive ones on the store. Uh, that that the Tristan comes in three, four, and five inch version. There. I was really, I'm, I was Quite actually content. going to, I was looking to getting one of those today, but seeing how they sit on the stand, I don't know. I, I need it might need to get like a glass case to keep the cats away. Yeah, and also the dust because it will collect on the actual stand. I also have this little version here. I'm not a great big collector of these things. These things just arrived. Uh, I think I may have won a contest or something that I forgot about. But after Eve Vegas, a few months later, these things arrived. So that's so, the three-inch one. Yeah, this probably. is the smaller one. You can see. Yeah, so these are okay. some of the original ones, and then the ones that just came out are the uh, the four battleships. Yeah, I would Eight. really want a rattlesnake, but I guess a scorpion will do. Yes, you were the one that was wanting the rattlesnake. That's right. Sudokan says, I want. I think there are a lot of people that uh, that, that like these, so uh, I hope there's great demand for them. This seems to be something that a lot of people called for all the time was uh, these these kinds of ships. I remember early, early on, they had a Rifter and, of course, the Megathron. Megathron was kind of mm -hmm. sizable. My friend that worked at Blizzard, that was, uh, you know, he's like a big guy at Blizzard. I think he was, well, I won't say what he did, but... You know, producer level guy and he's sitting in his office and you walk in and the very first thing you see is this giant megathron sitting there <laughs> i thought that was pretty fun so now right now on the mixed dimensions website they have uh rifter hyperion cinnable tristan uh magnate dramiel armageddon scorpion rifter naga typhoon tornado talos uh Macarial, condor and oracle and i gotta yeah. say uh, the, one of the sleepers that I found was the Macarial, uh is compared to the others pretty cheap. Uh, like I said, the the Tristan is I think forty dollars for the three inch, and then uh, one hundred and twenty five dollars for the five inch, which is a lot. Uh, so don't keep stop stop dropping it is what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> but the Macarial is only sixty five bucks for a six inch oh. for a six inch little th dude. That's a so, nice looking ship too. We just saw it earlier. Yes, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. Can we link the site in chat? Uh, I believe. Yep, it absolutely. Yeah, we'll go ahead and put it in chat here, and we'll try to put it into the show notes later on. I remember the Oracle was looked white rather than gold. I think. Yeah. They had these at Eve uh, Fan Fests, and that was a couple of years ago. So. They had them at Vegas, Vegas the last yeah. time we were there. Yep. Right. They had the uh, and the magnate does look. It, it is one of the original ones, and you can see it. It does kind of look a little bit uh, almost cell shaded with the fact that the yellow doesn't quite look right with the with the very white white. The Armageddon does look a little bit better. Yeah. Let's um real quick. We have to go so that we can transfer you over to a different show. But we'll bring these up just before. Gaimo says uh, his daughter got him the Macarial for Christmas. It looks great on his desk. Awesome. Yeah, I've I've heard good things from everybody who's gotten them. Nice. Nice daughter. There they are. Those do look good. Is that a Hyperion? Yeah, Hyperion's such a great ship. Such such an underrated design. That is a beautiful it's, ship. Never quite found I, its place in Eve, I don't think. I was just talking to... Uh, uh, Emma about this. That's she said that that was the very first ship that she ever like really wanted. She was in like she saw it on dock one day when she was in her very early, yeah. and she's like, "Oh my god, four engines! <laughs> it's majestic. That is. It looks to me like a dagger. <laughs> oh, that looks like a yeah. Well, anyway, there they are. Astrali, thanks as always. Uh, ha pleasure having you on. Um, before we take off, Gregorian, did you have something that you wanted to bring up? Or did we finish? Gregorian just totally disappears on me all the time. Where'd you go? You're around here somewhere. Gregorian? All right. Assume he walked away. Okay. Ash, thank you for coming and showing us uh, a lot of that great stuff on screen. I love your setup. We'll have to, like, we're going to have to up our game to keep up with you. <laughs> Just doing what I can for uh, for the show. Show, I know what you mean. Yeah, you're going long. I, oh, actually, that that somehow reminded me. I I just uh, I did my sub for the day, or for the month rather. And so now I was checking out all of the new talking and stations emotes 
So you've got the Goon Swarm one, you've got Brave, you've got Fraternity, you've got Horde. Let's get one of you, you up there. You guys can not you, hear me now? Oh, yeah, we can hear you now. I was having technical difficulties. I was just wanting to say I really like these models. Like the Oracle is one of my favorite ships to as well. I the attack battle cruisers besides the tornado, I think all look really good. Uh, so, but if I was to get some of these models when I can afford them, I would definitely get the Scorpion, the Oracle, and probably the Magnate to go probably keep them in with my Warhammer collection because that's Uh kind of it's stored has similar storage concerns (laughs) yeah exactly and is actually the Warhammer stuff is actually cheaper per model that's true and you didn't have to paint them I agree with you do paint them you have to remember that two thin coats are always better than one thick coat uh, and like Skiridon's comment here: only ships worth a damn are built on Minmatar shipyards. Uh, well, I I think a lot of my favorite Amar ships are built by Minmatar. Wow! <laughs> so on that note, have a good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah, good night. We'll see you. Stay tuned. We're going to send you over to Trash Talk Tuesday. Have some fun over there. We'll see you tomorrow from Talking In Stations.